What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, I've got a special treat for you. This week, we've got the first episode in a four-part series where I'm having a wellness career chat with two other very successful wellpreneurs, Kate Stillman of Yoga Healer and Rachel Cook of Yogipreneur. And the three of us have gotten together over Zoom and we've had a four-part conversation that's really awesome. So I'm going to be putting this out into four different episodes kind of scattered over the next few weeks. And this first episode is about competition versus collaboration. This is an issue that I see come up quite a bit and we really wanted to talk about it. When you meet other wellpreneurs, do you see them as your competition or as people to collaborate with? And as you'll hear from our discussion, actually by approaching other people, even in the same industry, as potential collaborators, it really helps everybody to raise higher and opens up more opportunities for everyone. So in this week's episode, we're really talking about this idea of competition and collaboration and how to collaborate with people and experiences from our own business. And then we just kind of start riffing from there. So it's a really fun series. I think you'll really enjoy it. And it's also great. Just it's like you're eavesdropping in on this little conversation that we're having. And I think you'll find it really valuable. Now, in my life here in Hong Kong, things finally started settling down last week and I could really get back to normal. I started working with my clients again and I've been putting the finishing touches on the marketing bootcamp launch, which as you're listening to this, it is now live. I am so super excited about this. If you've been a podcast listener for a long time, you know that earlier this year, I requested some founding members to come into my new Marketing Bootcamp program. Marketing Bootcamp is an eight-module course for either total beginners that are just getting started marketing your business online. Like this would be perfect for you if you're just getting out of like wellness school, out of your training program, and you feel overwhelmed and you're not sure where to get started marketing, it will work for you. The other group marketing bootcamp is perfect for is people, wellpreneurs who have been marketing themselves online, but just feel like they're not getting any traction. You're not really getting clients. You feel very overwhelmed. You feel like you're spinning your wheels. You're spending loads of time marketing online, but you're not seeing results. Those are really the two groups who bootcamp is for. So I did an intake of founding members to try out my new program, and it has just been awesome. We had one wellpreneur who followed the system and created a new opt-in gift and got 111 new subscribers within seven hours. And she ended up growing her email list throughout the course, even after that, by 85%, which is awesome. We've had wellpreneurs totally figuring out their niche, who signed on a new client, and, and one has at least one new client plus two others interested just within the first couple weeks of the program. And everyone's saying they feel a lot more clarity and focus around their online marketing. And especially because after bootcamp, you have a repeatable system that you know will continue to grow your email list ongoing in your business to bring you an influx of new potential clients. So finally now it's ready to open up to the public. I am super excited about this. So Marketing Bootcamp is now available at 
a special launch price. It's only $197 until Friday, April 15th, 2016. And after that, it will go back to the regular price, which is $297. So you get $100 off until Friday, April 15th. Also, I've included a really cool bonus package and special early bird bonuses for the first 10 and the first 30 people who join boot camp during this period. So definitely go check it out. You want to go to wellpreneuronline.com slash bootcamp. I'll also link that up in the show notes, which you can get just by tapping on the picture on your phone if you're listening to the podcast on your phone. But definitely if you are just starting out or you feel like you're wasting a lot of time with marketing and you're not getting good results, you want to check out Bootcamp at this really special introductory price. I would love to have you in the program. So wellpreneuronline.com slash bootcamp. Okay, so now let's transition over into this conversation with Kate Stillman and Rachel Cook and me about competition versus collaboration. Okay, here we are. Wellness career coaching podcast episodes with me, Kate Stillman of yogahealer.com, Amanda Cook of wellpreneur.com, and Rachel Cook of theyogipreneur.com. And what I noticed was happening in online spaces that we had a lot of crossover. So I decided that we should get together. And once we got together, we were like, oh, let's make podcasts because we like making podcasts to talk about some of the things that that we wanted to talk about with each other, figuring that a lot of you would just want to have an ear to the conversation. And so that is my intro. That's why we're here. That's what we're here to do. And our first topic is on competition versus collaboration. And we really just want to look at, you know, What are some of the bigger differences? What are some of the things that we're seeing within the wellness career economy? And how do we want to show up in this space? So welcome, gals. Hey, thanks. This is really fun to do this. And what an awesome topic because we're collaborating to talk about collaboration. (laughs) Totally. And what I really love is that all of us work in a similar space, but we all work in very different ways. So can we just quickly introduce what we each do? Because we have a little bit different approach. And I know for me over at The Yogipreneur, I'm focusing specifically on yoga teachers who want to create an amazing yoga career outside of a studio. So they're looking for innovative business models to create a professional yoga career that can sustain them in the lifestyle they desire. So that's where I come in. Kate, you have a slightly different approach. Yes, I do. So I do two things with the yoga teacher wellness pro type of person. One is I help them develop a signature system if they have that in them. That's a a much more like deep dive transformational program that they want to create or refine or they have it already, but they they're not making the income they want from it. So that's A. And then B is I have a yoga health coaching certification program in which I train yoga teachers and wellness pros. We actually have a few doctors in there, lots of nurses as well that are of a holistic mindset. And I train them how to coach people through the 10 habits of Body Thrive and how to run uh, the same business model that we use in Signature System so that they can double their income. Cool. And I am not a yoga teacher at all. So I do just digital marketing. That's my thing. I love marketing. And so I do marketing for the wellness industry. And so I'm trained as a health coach and I just teach wellness entrepreneurs, how to build a tribe online, how to use content marketing to grow their email list, and then how to basically convert those website visitors into paying clients. So everything about online marketing for the wellness industry. And I love that because something I saw when I launched the Yogipreneur in 2008 was I thought I was just going to be talking to yoga teachers. 
But then it didn't take very long until it was like, I'm a yoga teacher slash health coach. I'm a yoga teacher slash life coach. I'm a yoga teacher slash essential oil specialist. I mean, whatever. There's a lot of hybrids. And so I think it really plays really beautifully that we all have these little ways that we're working in this industry. And I think it actually surprises a lot of people when they see us collaborating or when they see other people collaborate at this level, because they might think that we're competition. But I found the opposite. I found the more that I collaborate, the more opportunities I get to both expand my reach and create new opportunities just to co-create things like this. Mm -hmm. So it could be co-creating a free way to support our communities or even co-creating paid offerings, which I think can be amazing. So So I don't know what you guys have experienced, but I notice a lot So I work with a lot of health coaches, I think just because that was my training. So I tend to attract a lot of them and people get really scared about having other health coaches like step on their toes, like, oh, they're going to take all my clients or like there's already a health coach in my town or there's already somebody doing that online, that kind of health coaching. And they kind of get really scared about it and like just rule out. It's it's like that opportunity is now gone. And I'm curious if you guys have have felt that too, because I think, in business online, certainly there's so much to go around. There's so many clients to go around because different people, it's not just your specialty. It's like you, different people resonate with you personally. So it doesn't even matter if there's other people doing the same thing because your clients will resonate with how you do it. So I'm curious your, you guys' experience with that. I mean, I, I always like to just back, back, back it all up, like go... <laughs> way like we take a massive giant step backward we play a lot of mother may i have an eight-year-old i have (laughs) mother may we take a giant step back right and so the way that we're going to approach our business our career our offerings is the way usually we're approaching everything in our life right i'm sure there's a yoga sutra about that the way you do something is the way you do everything so if we look at like oh wow i'm coming from a contracted place in relationship to my peer group like really probably the people I have the most in common with in the world, like other people who are just like me, who probably had massive health transformation, who probably are living a, a pretty awake, uh, vibrant life or, or want to be or really want to be and maybe are not, but are like wanting to and wanting to help other people that like, wow, I have more in common with my competition than really almost like anyone else in the world. And I'm creating a at least a mentally antagonistic relationship with them. Like who else am I creating? Oh, I'm creating an antagonistic relationship with myself too. Or like, oh, with my whatever, right? Partner, child, fill in the blank. So when we look at that and we just take that big step back, it's such an invitation to see like, what is my general relationship with with the life energy itself? And when I'm coming from a massively expansive place where we, we are all at some level, we are all one, like we are all of the same consciousness. We're all sharing a planet. We all share the same evolutionary history in general, right? And why we're drawn to this path is to hopefully, I mean, help other people along in their journey of, you know, basically being in a, in a more of a disease free state or making the best of a bad situation, living in ultimate, you know, ultimately a life of freedom and thrive and connectivity and, and love and, and really evolving as a, not just as a species, but as a planet. And so if like, that's like what we're doing here, and we're like, and we really are awake to that. Then the next question is like, who can I help the most? And usually that leads us to other people who are working in a similar, you know, in, yeah. in a similar niche and have learned a ton that can actually make our work so much more effective and interconnected. 
I love that you said that, Kate, because what comes up for me is just this difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset. So a scarcity mindset is saying, there's only so much to go around. This is how big the pie is. And it's my job to get the biggest piece of pie as possible. And the only way to do that is to look at everybody as a competition. But an abundance mindset says, the size of the pie can grow. (laughs) The size of the pie can grow. And the more that we can collaborate and support one another, we can actually reach more people and grow our, we can grow our collective, we can grow our audience, we can raise the awareness of people who really need our help. And I think one thing that comes up to me is, you know, the new, especially the new yoga in America study just came out. And the growth rate in the yoga field specifically is just exponential. So if anything, we are being told, like, statistically, (laughs) with all this research, the pie is growing, the pie is growing so much. And we're not even all we have to do, we don't even have to work that hard to tap into it, but we just have to find how we can get connected to that. And the easiest way I've always found to get connected to that is like finding other people who are talking to the same types of people and then like compounding our effect, compounding our impact simply by working together. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting to talk about, so if somebody out there listening kind of likes this idea, you know, cause I think when you're starting out, you can feel very alone. Uh, especially if you don't have a lot of friends that are kind of in this holistic wellness world. I know I didn't when I started and I was like the weird person in the corporate job that was interested in like eating weird food and <laughs> how I did. And so if somebody out there listening is interested in this idea of collaboration, where do you even start to find people? How can you go about go about attracting potential? I have a I have a, a tip that works every time. Tell me. Find who you're jealous of. Right. Because there's a so desire is so interesting. Right. So there's people you're attracted to naturally. But then there's also people who you're like, oh, I'm a little jealous of. And the interesting thing about the jealousy is it's like it's because you want something that they have Mm -hmm. and you don't have it yet. It's like, you know, it's a part of yourself we haven't actualized. So it feels disowned. And then we contract and we're like, oh, gosh, she's all over the Internet posting these yoga pictures. It just pisses me off. Right. But then it's like, I want to be all over the Internet posting yoga pictures because I'm even better at Hanumanasana. Or whatever, right? So there's that like thing, and and people listening may be like, "Kate, what the bleep?" Um, <laughs> but but right, it's like, oh wow, I just felt that little like, uh, and then it's like, oh, there's someone I can reach out to. Right That's true because if you don't feel it. I mean, if you really didn't want what that person had, you wouldn't feel jealous because you'd be like, well, that's nice for them, but whatever. So yeah, you might not great. even notice it. I mean, I don't even notice it half the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's just there's too many other things that are like. Right. Yeah. But when you're first getting started, you notice it because it just feels like, well, they're already doing it. Then what can I do? If they're already doing it, what else can I possibly do? Can I do that better? I don't know if I can do that better. So I think one of the things that I always tell my students is, okay, you can tell what you like about what they're doing. You can tell that this part of what they're doing, you really are admiring. But what do you not like about the way that they're approaching something? And I think this is just a slight mindset shift not meant to be negative or critical, but it's meant to help you figure out how you can be different and how you can stand out a little bit more. Because if I'm looking, even in my role, I can tell the difference between me and all of you simply because I know where my point of view might differ or where I would approach something differently. So I think the more you can look at them and say, okay, this is all the stuff I like, but here's the things that, you know, maybe I don't agree with that point of view. Or maybe there's something I would do differently if I were doing it. Maybe I would word it differently or just have a different approach. And the more you can hone in on that, I find the easier it is to realize, 
okay, we can actually share the same space (laughs) because we have different points of view and that helps people understand what makes us different. I think it's really important to have this, like an attitude of curiosity. And that's what I'm always telling my clients is like, just be curious about it. Like, I just love being, I'm a very curious person. And I think when, especially when you're starting off and you're trying to find your place in the business world, like however you can be curious and a detective and actually go out. And so you go onto social media and when you see this person doing these amazing yoga poses, instead of just being like, oh, I can't believe she's doing that. I could never be that good and starting to beat ourselves up like so many of us do. Instead of being like, huh, look at that. Like that really seems to be working for her. Okay, like what, where is she hanging out online? And how are, you know, where are people resonating with her and what's she doing? And just, I think the same thing can apply to looking for partners, being really curious, like who's out there doing awesome things? What are they doing? How's that working? And just being really open to it. And then seeing like where, because you'll start to see like, oh, that could be a really good fit with me. And then maybe using Kate's jealousy thing and being like, that triggers something in you and being like, cool, she might be a really good person to connect with. Yeah. But I think we need to get out of this, like, that's a competitive mindset of being like, oh, look what they're doing. And then, and then letting it affect what you do because it makes you feel bad about yourself. And I think just switching it to being like a detective really, for me, it lightens things up. Oh, yeah. I I really like that. One of the tricks I have for especially my students who are ready to blog or go online is to take the person they're following and actually Google them. And then wherever those people show up online, I'm like, that's your list of places to get yourself for guest posts or for interviews or whatever. And it's amazing. They're like, holy cow, there's all these people and all these locations are already saying like, hey, we want to showcase great people. They already like the type of topic. So it just makes it easier to get that in. Well, you can do that locally too. Just think about the places that regularly host health or wellness or yoga events. Chances are, if they're already hosting those types of events, whether it's workshops or classes or whatever, they would be open to collaborating with you. And it just takes a little bit of research on the Google to figure out where are those spaces. And then you don't have to work so hard to find them. You don't have to work so hard to do the research from scratch. Just kind of think about who's the most popular workshop teacher in your town and where are all they going? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring the conversation to, you know, because as we look at like different ways to not feel the competitive edge, right? And I think we've addressed that a little bit of like how to actually like get grounded in who you are and, and how to differentiate, right? And how to start to also reach out to those that are, you know, potentially going to be good networking partners. To me, essentially like competition versus collaboration in terms of mindset, there's a shift into how can I be useful? Like who's underserved? Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I were not to do the work that I want to do at the deepest level, I want to do it. What population wouldn't be served? Like, who can I help? How can I be useful? And then letting that impulse guide us. Cause it, what we might find there too is that we're led into different markets than where other popular people are. We might find that we're on a road that's less traveled, but is very authentic to who we are and the way that we want to do work. So we don't just need to, if you will, like imitate what other people are doing. Right. Well, yeah. we might find and this is not like, oh, wow, I want to do this in this way. And here are these people that need my help. How can I be helpful? And all of a sudden we understand that we're, wow, we've made that shift from competition to collaboration. I really love that. And it makes me think of so very specific example of this. Somebody who did this approach yeah. is my friend Anna Gastelia at Curvy Yoga. Oh, yeah. She definitely was somebody who saw a need because it was her personal need and started blogging about it. And then that turned into courses and trainings and certifications and classes 
And you know, what's amazing now is I think a lot of people are afraid to really drive a stake in the ground and say, this is what I care about. This is who I'm serving. They're afraid that it's going to turn away a lot of people. But I actually find the opposite is true. It helps you to make a name for yourself. And then it's so much easier to branch out into other types of things. So if that's, you know, something that's calling to you, if you can see an underserved group in this collective of whoever you're involved with, whether it's locally or whatever, and then tap into that, you might focus on them right now. And it might, you might focus on them for the rest of your career. It might just be the jumping off point that helps you get your grounding. It helps you get your footing and just get some traction going so that you can become known in your community and that build that credibility and also build that confidence that you need in order to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about how to approach people for collaboration? Because I'm sure I know I get a lot of inquiries and pitches to work together. I'm sure you guys do too. And a lot of them really put me off because people will just like, I've never heard of this person before. And they'll just send a cold email and be like, Hey, here's this awesome thing. Will you do it with me? Or like, I know, you know, they want to, or will you promote this for me? I don't know you, but you have a list. Would you send this to it? (laughs) All you need to do is send like six solo emails and like promote it on social media 20 (laughs) times. And and I'm just like, what? And it might be a great thing, but like, I don't have enough time or I choose not to spend my time researching all these things to figure out which one's the actual good opportunity. So anyway, that's not the way to approach a collaboration because so we can talk about that. Cause I know even from my perspective, like when I feel like I would want to collaborate with somebody, I also think of protecting my own reputation. Like I don't just want to partner with anybody. And so I feel like there needs to be this like little getting to know you period, you know, maybe over social media and then you share a program with each other or you can like go to somebody's webinar and you just start to do little things together before you decide like, yes, let's partner together on a program. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing. If it's one thing to just be like networking acquaintances where you really aren't giving each other much, but the minute that you're asking somebody to do something for you, their reputation's on the line. I mean, you're getting in bed with that person effectively. (laughs) So you have to trust them because I've heard too many horror stories of people who said yes and then realized that they did not like the way that was run or it was just out of integrity with their brand and it reflected poorly on them. So I think the biggest thing I want to start with is this is not a quick fix. This is not a happens overnight. Relationships take time. It's like any relationship you have. If you want to get to know someone and you start by asking for something, it's going to turn the vast majority of people off. But if you just say, Hey, I want to get to know you or follow up after they did something. I mean, I've listened to both of your podcasts. I've jumped on one of Kate's webinars. And you know, if I were wanting to do more with you guys, that would be what I'd want to do first is get to know that person, get to know their tribe, get to know their community, show up at their events. And that would really show to me that you are genuinely interested. And you're not just asking because you think I have a big list or a big audience you can tap into. Like no one wants to feel like they're being used. (laughs) But if they have somebody who's already shown they're genuinely interested, they have learned who you are, and they're approaching you for the first time from a more like space of, I already know a bit about you. I'm already engaged with you on some level. I'm much more likely to say yes. Mm-hmm. But if I've never heard from you in, at all, like you've never responded to something on Facebook, you've never commented on my blog post, you've never hit reply to my, one of my newsletters to say, hey, this really hit home for me. Like when you pitch me out of the blue, I'm just going to have my assistant say, thanks, but no thanks. 
Because you notice, right? I guess before I was on this end of the social media, I would think, oh, well, they'll never notice if I'm just tweeting them or commenting on things. But like, you do notice, like, I definitely, I've since met listeners at events or out in person. Mm -hmm. And I'll know them just because they've been like actively commenting on stuff. And so I think if you want to get to know somebody, like it is worth it to engage with them or to hit reply on the email. Some Okay, it goes to the assistants a lot of times, but you do get on their radar and then it's much better position to be asking for something from. But even if it goes to their assistant, if their assistant has seen that you hit reply and left a great comment, when you actually request something or you say, hey, I have this, I'd love to talk to you about it. The assistant knows that name. So it's the same thing. Like you're still building the relationship with someone on our team. So I think it's it's still totally worth it. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any Kate Kate wisdom bombs to come? No. (laughs) Uh, I mean... I think what ties into this is, well, I can just tell some stories too about how I started reaching out to some of the, the sort of the the teachers in Ayurveda and the gurus. Cause that for me was a, a, cause I started back, I started early. So it was like 2007 and I started with my living Ayurveda course, just inviting, it was my first like big online course as a nine month course still runs every year. And I just decided to like reach out to some, you know, people that I've been reading their books and I'm like, Hey, we're reading your book in our course. Do you want to come say hi? I'm like, you're yeah. reading, you're reading our, my book. I mean, it was like this really cool thing. I'm like, it's not really a book club, but we read a bunch of books and I like your book. So I put it in there and I'm like, yeah, I want to come. So I come and we talk, you know, in front of 20 people. And then those were my first podcast, right? And some of the more popular ones too. So like, for instance, Dr. Mary Jo Cravada is in there. Melanie Sachs is in there. Like some of these teachers that just, they wrote books. They didn't have big email lists. They weren't into online marketing yeah. or any of that. But all of a sudden they got a platform. And that was something they were missing is like a connection to the readers. And mm-hmm. so I brought that in of like, hey, we can just like, you can just get on the phone and I can have a zillion of your readers, you know, show up. And that, you know, just from me saying, hey, this is what we're doing anyways. And if you want to come on for an hour and then take questions for 15 more minutes, that'd be amazing. And then building a structure around that over time so that by the time like the Ayurveda summit came up and we wanted to hit the biggest teachers, you know, it was kind of like that there was a stage that had been set for me taking risk for a long time and saying like, hey, do you want go listen to a podcast with another one of these teachers? And people, they would, they'd hear the podcast and be like, hey, I want to be on your, you know, I want to be featured or I want to be in the summit. And so it just gets, it gets easier. And just to follow that, again, I just want to keep pointing back to, it's not about us. It yeah. really isn't. It's about this. We're part of this bigger thing that's happening. And I do feel an amazing amount of responsibility or ability to respond because I have consumed so many resources in my life. I mean, the amount of education I have is is phenomenal, right? I mean, both intellectually and physically and spiritually and metaphysically and on all these different levels. And I have an ability to respond to a lot of problems in the world, right? So how can I best use that? And if I focus on that, the relationships that the connections, the relationships that that really do somewhat mm-hmm. spontaneously arise in order for like the greater good to be served is truly amazing. And that surrender, that curiosity that Amanda was talking about, like absolutely, that's I think that's where that's where it comes from. And such amazing things can happen in a short clip, and we can do so much good, and people can yeah. feel so connected so quickly. And then we know that like, oh, these are the right relationships for me to be in right now. And then what's cool is they develop. You know, as we age, they develop. So now I've had because now it's almost 10 years later, for the, a lot of those initial teachers, we've had a relationship for 10 years. That's so such a beautiful relationship uh, that I never would have had had I not you know, built a platform for them to stand on. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And it reminds me of, Kate, I know you and I both were in probably 
several similar telesummits or groups that started in like 2010, 2011 that really started to take off, I feel like. And what's interesting is in this community, there just haven't been a lot of people with big platforms. There's been a lot of people with like people who love their books and who are talking about their books, but there's never been a a cohesive community for them to come together. And when these people started popping up and inviting them, it, it started creating something really powerful that were bringing people together. Now, that said, I think it's, it's changed a little bit. Like you started those relationships 10 years ago when not as many people were doing this kind of thing. So my question back to you would be, okay, how would you, if you were starting from today, get those relationships going? If those I people name so high. I wouldn't name so high. But because I mean, how many people have a book now? It's like you go into a room, Everyone. raise your hand if you've published a book, right? And or no, I'm working on mine, right? It's like, it, right? So it's like, it's a, there's a lower, you know, just like start with that one rung above. I wasn't inviting Dr. Vasant Ladd on my LAC court, my Living Ayurveda course. He, he, we do have two of his books in the course. But I'm like, I didn't even try. Chances are actually, I, I, I should have, because I'd, I'd studied with him in India and whatnot. I'm like, I, I should have, I just didn't, I just didn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like start within that sphere. And, and we all know, and you're, you, you just won't hear back from, people and then you know like they're not interested so who who might be and yeah yeah and I'm much more likely to say yes to you if you're saying hey I loved your book in fact I'm using it in this course I'm creating would you be interested that's very different from hey will you just come talk to us for free yeah yeah (laughs) like it's not not a bad thing to kind of massage their ego a little bit and let them know how much you appreciate them and the work they've done in the world that definitely opens the door a lot easier than just a straight ask Yeah, that's true. Even when you're approaching people that are more on a peer level, though, even if you're not going for like, you know, people several steps ahead of you, you still don't just want to go in and just ask them to do stuff. I think there's still value in like building a relationship. Okay, I just want to pause there. Be helpful before you ask for help. Number one, like Mm -hmm. it's always that. It's always, always, always that. Always. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So no matter who you're approaching, be helpful and and get get to know each other a little bit before you just jump into bed with each other, as Rachel said. <laughs> we should <laughs> always good good life advice. Yes. Know who you're jumping in bed with. That's a tweetable, guys. <laughs> so should we probably wrap this one yeah, up? Yeah, that's it. That's competition versus collaboration. Oh, and two book recommendations for this one is The Mesh by Lisa Gankin and the other is Peers Incorporated. All right. Nice. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I hope you really enjoyed listening in on our conversation with Kate and Rachel. I really love talking to them. And we've got three more parts, different topics coming over the next few weeks of the same series with me, Kate and Rachel. And don't forget until Friday, April 15th, Marketing Bootcamp is at a special introductory price with special bonuses and even extra early bird bonuses. So definitely go check that out at wellpreneuronline.com slash bootcamp because I would totally love to work with you. Actually, it's so awesome meeting podcast listeners. So I'm really enjoying going from our Facebook group, which is great, but then into this smaller marketing bootcamp group to really give you a structured system to help you start seeing real results in your business. I'm totally loving it. So I hope to see you in there. Anyway, have a fabulous week and I will see you back here next week with the next episode.